You are listening to the podcast of First Baptist Church of Sevierville, where our mission is helping people move from their point of need to hope in Christ. For more information about our church, head on over to severe.church. Today's sermon is titled, The Other Proverbs 31 Woman, shared by Senior Pastor Dan Spencer. Well, I do want to uh, join others in saying happy Mother's Day to all of the moms today. In fact, would you join me in prayer? And I want to pray a special prayer over all of our moms today. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, this Mother's Day, we want to stop and offer you our gratitude for the gift of mothers. Thank you for the love they have shown us, the sacrifices they've made for us, the examples they've set for us. And Lord, I pray for all the mothers here today that you would give them wisdom to teach their children your ways. Give them patience to meet every problem. Give them love to cover any wrong. And we ask that you give them strength when they're tired. We pray, Lord, that you would give each mother the grace to teach the gospel to their children by their actions and with their words. And we pray for anyone here today who has lost their mother May they be encouraged by happy memories and comforted by your presence. I want to thank you, Lord, for blessing me with a truly great mom for 43 years. And I rejoice that she's enjoying right now unhindered, perfect fellowship with you in heaven today. I thank you for my wife, Teresa, the greatest mom and grandmother that I've ever seen in action. We pray today for troubled mothers who feel overwhelmed. For young mothers and single mothers and unwed mothers who just need your special help to carry on. We thank you for grandmothers and stepmoms and foster mothers and adoptive mothers who've taken on the children of others and loved them like their own. We pray for moms who have lost children and we ask that you would comfort them in a special way today. We pray for women who long to be mothers and yet they are saddened that they have not received that blessing yet. Lord, we pray that you would grant their request, bless them with children, and until then, just sustain them with your love. And we pray for those who are having a hard time today because they had a painful childhood and an unfit mother. We ask that you comfort them with the love of your church. Help them to know that as our Heavenly Father, you are the perfect parent. And we pray you would help us as a church to support moms and to partner with families in the raising of children. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we're going to recognize a couple of special moms at the end of the service today. But for now, uh, I want to ask you to find in your Bible Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31. When we think of Proverbs 31, we normally think of verses 10 through 31. That's the famous acrostic poem that describes the ideal woman of godly character. And it was probably used back in the day to teach boys what to look for in a wife and to teach girls what girl power can look like when that girl is surrendered to the Lord. Uh, That's the idea of the Proverbs 31 woman. There's even a a great ministry led by Lisa Turkhurst called Proverbs 31 Ministries, and it's all about that. Uh, But I want to look today at the other Proverbs 31 woman. And 
the woman that I'm talking about is the one mentioned in verse 1 of this chapter. It's the mother of King Lemuel, the mom who is actually speaking the words of chapter 31, the one who told her son about the Proverbs 31 woman to begin with. I don't think I've ever heard anybody teach or preach on the first nine verses of Proverbs 31, but I'm going to do that today because it gives us some wisdom that we all need to hear, and uh, I find in it a reality check for me and for all of us. So let's begin reading in Proverbs 31 verse 1. The Bible says, the words of King Lemuel the utterance which his mother taught him. So in verse 1, Scripture presents us with sort of a mystery because we don't know who King Lemuel is. Uh, I've heard different arguments for and against different uh, people that it could be. I've never been convinced by any of those arguments. The truth is we really don't know who King Lemuel was or what exactly he was the king of. We don't know his mother's name, the one who speaks and is recorded in this chapter. We don't know the occasion for her telling her what she told him uh, or telling him what she told him. We do know that King Lemuel recognized that what his mom said that we have recorded in this chapter was an utterance. That's the Bible word for a message given by God. And so we're going to treat it as such today and, uh, and give it our attention and our honor today. Verse 2, she begins in this way. She says, what my son and what son of my womb and what son of my vows? That's a poetic way of Lemuel's mom establishing her authority as a mom over her son and her responsibility to teach her son about life. Thank God for mothers who recognize that God-given responsibility to teach their children. The next seven verses are really the heart of what Lemuel's mom taught him. And you're going to see that she begins with negative instruction and then she moves to positive instructions. She gives him some don'ts and then she gives him some do's. And so let's read uh, beginning in verse 3. She said, Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine nor for princes, intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Open your mouth for the speechless and the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. And so there's some things in this passage that Lemuel said, Mama said, don't. And other things he remembers, Mama said, do. And so first of all, Mama said, don't. In verse 3, she begins by saying, do not. Don't do these things. Now, the Bible has a lot of don'ts. 
that we ought to pay attention to. Things that are prohibited for the people of God, things that are distracting from our mission in the world, things that are destructive of our lives and relationships, things that are sinful for us. There are a lot of don'ts in the Bible. Lemuel's mom does the wise and loving thing as a parent, and she tells her son some don'ts. Do not do these things. There are some things, as the people of God, we just don't do. Now, our culture today doesn't like don'ts. Instead, our young people today are urged to throw off moral restraint and forget the rules and go find yourself. Do your own thing. Whatever feels good, find your own truth. And so many young people today have ended up learning the hard way that sin is destructive always. And the consequences of sin are real. We need Christian parents today who teach their children with their words and with their actions about things like holiness and purity and self-control and responsibility under God. We need parents today who who will teach their children that pleasing God is the point of this life and becoming like Christ is the goal of the life of every Christian. And because of that, there are some things we just don't do. We can all learn from the three don'ts of Lemuel's mom. And so, first of all, Lemuel says, Mama said, don't waste your energy or your strength on things that distract and destroy. Don't waste your strength on things that distract and destroy. In verse 3, Lemuel recalls that Mama says, Don't give your strength to women. Now, what in the world does that mean? Don't give your strength to women. Well, the word strength uh, translates the Hebrew word yayil, which means the life and vitality that God has given you. It includes things like your physical energy, your talents, your health, your time, even your influence. And so she says to her son, don't give your strength away. Don't waste your strength. And he says, she said, don't do that in, uh, I believe the meaning is, in the pursuit of women. Notice that's plural. Don't give your strength to women. Ancient kings like Lemuel would be tempted to collect a harem of women. Many women that they would keep as a sign of their wealth and power. The more women you had, the wealthier you were, the more powerful you were. King Solomon of Israel did that. He had 700 in his harem and he became a man that not even 700 women could satisfy. He was so empty. And it destroyed him. Lemuel's mom is concerned with this, that her son not use his power and influence 
to collect a harem of sexual partners because his mom knew that that's not God's plan for sexual fulfillment. God's plan for sexual fulfillment is that a man find one woman and commit to her in an exclusive relationship called marriage. And she knew that a harem of women would end up not only being sinful and immoral for him, but also it would distract the king from his many responsibilities. Now, today, collecting a harem of women is not an issue for men anymore. But today, many men waste the strength of their life on a virtual harem called pornography. And they end up being destroyed by it. Or they treat women as conquests and they keep score like it's a game. I'm so glad that Lemuel's mom said what she said. She said, don't give your strength to women. In other words, don't let lust drain your life away and distract you from what's most important in your life. His mom said that. Now, fathers have a responsibility to teach their sons how to treat women. But here, it just hits different, doesn't it? Coming from a woman, a mom. Uh, there's something powerful about this coming from Lemuel's mom in this verse. And so I, I just want to say, moms, you need to teach your sons that women are not objects that exist solely for the enjoyment of men. Women are precious souls created in the image of God. And they, therefore, should be honored and loved and respected, not used. And so the first don't that Lemuel's mom gives him is, look, son, don't waste your strength on these things that are going to end up distracting you and destroying your relationships. You were made for something more than that. You were made for something important, and so don't squander the life and vitality that God has given you. The second don't is that he said, Mama said, don't weaken your mind with things that cloud your judgment. Don't weaken your mind with things that cloud your judgment. In verses 4 and 5, Lemuel's mom warns him about alcohol. Uh, she says, it's not for kings, Lemuel, to drink wine or princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Uh, the issue for an ancient king was this. It was the luxury he could afford versus the responsibility he carried. That was the issue. And I think this is what his mom was getting at. There's a luxury you can afford, which is the best wine and beer money can buy and lots of it and people you can hire to cover you when you're drunk. But over against that is the responsibility that Lemuel would carry to lead his nation well. And that responsibility required clear thinking and sober judgment. And so Lemuel's mom is getting at this idea, son, there are a lot of people counting on you. You can't let them down, so don't drink away your responsibility. In verses 6 and 7, she uses uh, what I think is some sarcasm to get her point across. Uh, remember in those verses, she said, Give strong drink to him who's perishing. 
wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Uh, I think she's using sarcasm to say, look, the only thing alcohol really is good for is to weaken your mind so you can mentally check out. It doesn't make you sharp. It's not bud wiser. It's really bud dumber. It can make, and she makes this point, alcohol can for sure make a dying man forget his pain and make a poor man forget his problems, but only till he sobers up. Because alcohol doesn't solve anything. It only prolongs problems and multiplies problems. And she says to him, but Lemuel, my son, you can't afford to do that. You can't afford to go there. You have a purpose in your life. You have a mission. You have a responsibility that cannot fail. So don't drink it away. Let me say this to all the young men in the room. And I'll let you guys decide if you're a young man or not. To the young men, if you're a child of God, you cannot afford to weaken your mind by partying and drinking white claws and smoking weed and playing video games and delaying manhood. We need you to grow up and man up and show yourself to be a man of God because we have important work for Jesus to do here and we need you to join the fight with the rest of us. The third don't that Lemuel's mom gives him is don't withhold your voice when it's time to speak up. Don't withhold your voice. In verses 8 and 9, twice, Lemuel's mom says, open your mouth. Uh, Look at verse 8 and 9 again. Open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. I think the issue for an ancient king that his mom was getting at is that he was responsible to his nation for fighting injustice in society, enacting just laws that would fight injustice. The king could not ignore injustice and just allow it to go on unchecked. He was the one who had to speak up. The issue today I don't think there are any kings in the room, are there? So the issue for the rest of us today is that when we see suffering and needs and hurting people, we can't stand by and say nothing and do nothing about it. God has called us to action. One theme of this passage that we've read is the idea of people who have various needs. It uses the words, those who are afflicted, dying, heartbroken, poor, miserable, needy. And the call in verses 8 and 9 is that when we see those needs, we can't just turn a blind eye and pass by on the other side and do nothing about it. Not after all God has given us, not after all God has saved us from, not after all the blessings that he's given us. We can't do nothing when we see a need that we can meet. And so uh, we've looked at mama said don't. Now mama said do. Three things. Number one, mama said don't waste your strength. Use your strength to serve people in need. Instead of using what you have, I think she was saying this to King Lemuel. 
Instead of using what you have to serve yourself, serve the needs of others. That idea is modeled by so many people here at First Baptist Church. I mean, I'm inspired every time I turn around at this church, at the people who use their strength to serve the needs of others in so many ways. Some of them do it long after the rest of us would say, hey, it's okay, you can sit it out now and let others do the work. But they keep going, and they they keep on using their strength to serve people in need. Number two, mama said, don't weaken your mind, but... Do use your mind to figure out ways to help people in need. And that's really what we're trying to do here at First Baptist Church. If you're new here or if you're just checking us out, you need to know this, that our mission here is helping people move from their point of need to hope in Christ. We look around us in our community, there are thousands of points of need Places where people are hurting, where there's some need being unmet. There's something they need. They're not receiving. And and here's, here's what we just feel called to do as a church. Is to meet people in their point of need, whatever that is. Just to step right into it and help them by meeting that need and moving them. Seeing every need as an opportunity to help them move toward finding the their ultimate need fulfilled and that is to find salvation and hope in Jesus Christ that's why our church exists and that's the idea behind our vision for uh, developing a ministry village and and we're building that out now Uh, we we're trying to figure out how can we do the very best job that we can do of helping people with all kinds of needs so that we can have the opportunity to share Jesus with them as we meet the need. So Lemuel's mom, uh, she says, here's what you need to do. Use your strength to serve people in need. Use your mind that God gave you to figure out how can you best help people who are in need. And then number three, uh, mama said, don't withhold your voice. Use your voice to speak up for people in need. The idea of verses 8 and 9 is so important for us, and that is that there are people who have no power. They have no voice to speak up for themselves or to help themselves. And that certainly includes the most vulnerable and most defenseless people in our world, like the unborn, who have no voice but ours to protect them from abortion, like orphans who have no say in the way that they are brought up, like victims of human trafficking, like the persecuted Christians around the world, like the poor who see no way out of it in our community. And I think Lemuel's mom was just saying, look, son, if you have an opportunity to right a wrong, to meet a need, to take a stand, you ought to step up and speak up And do something about it. Verse 9, she said, plead the cause of the poor and the needy. I have to tell you that all week long as I've been reading this passage, I I can't help but think when I read the words of Lemuel's mom speaking to her son, the king, 
I can't help but thinking of the greatest king of all, the king of kings, the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it. Jesus was the ultimate fulfillment of the kind of king Lemuel's mother wanted Lemuel to be. Jesus stepped out of heaven and into this sinful world. And he subjected himself to ridicule and, and cursing and suffering and ultimately crucifixion so that you and I could be saved. When he saw us in our need, he did not turn a blind eye, but he stepped up in the ultimate way and he laid down his life for us so that we could have salvation. I thank God that King Jesus is that kind of king. And his whole ministry on earth was characterized by reaching out to those who were poor and those who were hungry and those who could not help themselves. He reached out to touch those who were untouchable in his society. He reached out to help those and to include those that nobody wanted around. Jesus lived his life that way. He modeled it for us. And now King Jesus calls all of those in his kingdom to live in the same way. To follow him to the homes of the broken. To follow him to the poor and the needy. To follow him as he showed the love of his father to those who desperately needed to feel that love. And Jesus is calling you to join him. To use the mind that he gave you. The strength that he gave you. The voice that he gave you. To speak up. To stand up. To step up and to do something when he gives you opportunity to do it. Let's all stand together. And I want us to just have a time of prayer about this and a time to commit to the Lord. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. This has been a challenge for me this week. It's been like a burden I've carried because it's a reality check. Lord, am I living for myself? Or am I living my life in the way that's been described in your word here to do what Jesus did and that is not strive to be served but to serve. What a challenge. Am I living selfishly or am I giving my life away for your glory and so that others can hear the gospel Lord I know during this week I've, I've felt the pain of regret for so many times that I didn't speak up when I should have God will you just teach us to obey this wisdom and to follow you, Lord Jesus, to be a servant, to say what needs to be said, to do what needs to be done. I pray in particular for our young men and women here that God, you would capture their hearts for that kind of life. 
And I pray for an army of people from First Baptist Church who will step up and meet needs with a gospel purpose. Lord, I pray for anyone here today who is lost in their sin, and yet they've heard today that Jesus came into this world and he went to the cross. He took our sins upon himself and he paid the ultimate price so that we could have life and forgiveness and salvation. God, I pray that today would be the day that they finally cross the line and say, Jesus, here I come. And I pray they'll repent and believe the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and share. And if you want a pastor to follow up with you regarding today's message, reach out to us at severe.church slash follow up. Thanks again for joining us on the First Baptist Church Severeville podcast.